my good friend Fishby over there on the bass guitar. Those are handsome trousers, Fishby. Handsome. Bonjour, amigos. Welcome back to the podcast. 15 minutes or less, Monday through Thursday. I'm only Bob. Glad you're here. There's something I really, really, really need to share for the good of the group. I mean, this is important shit. I learned a valuable lesson last night about leftover spaghetti. Really important stuff. We'll get to that in just a moment. A few items in the news that caught my attention. In an absolute, just another a stroke of luck and timing... Uh, for the former president of these United States, Donald John Trump, stemming from the Mar-a-Lago debacle, he basically gets a free ride amongst everyone in GOP TV, and he was probably going to get it anyway, but after the Mar-a-Lago debacle, it only echoes his sentiment that the entire system is slanted against him, and there is no justice for Republicans in the justice system. They're just out to get them, they've got a vendetta, and they're bad, evil, horrible people that are coming to eat your children. Everybody knows that about the Justice Department, and everybody knows that about the American left. It's just a fucking fact. Horrible people on a mission to kill anyone who might have ever, ever, ever thought of MAGA or MAGA kindly. So because of the Mar-a-Lago debacle, he got a free ride, basically, on pleading the fifth in New York City today. Because he, he had to. He had to plead the fifth. With a justice system like this, even if you didn't do anything wrong, you plead the fifth. So he was in NYC today. He was going to plead the fifth anyway, but this was in the Manhattan DA's office about Trump, Inc. And the, you know, maybe it was a crime family. Maybe it wasn't. Who knows? Maybe Letitia James will get to the bottom of it. Who knows? But whatever she determines, remember, it's because she's evil, as is the justice system, as are Democrats, as are anyone that might say a foul word about future dictator-in-chief. Donald John Trump. Of course, this won't be the last time he'll be pleading the fifth. He'll also be doing it in the same thing when he's deposed in Georgia, if he is, about election interference and fraud. If he's deposed and questioned by the feds regarding that harmless little coup and plan and thing, you know, just a few bad apples on January 6th. That's all it was, just a few bad apples. So he'll... He'll have to plead the fifth there, too. And the Mar-a-Lago debacle gives him the ultimate shield to do so amongst GOP TV, GOP radio, GOP internet. Enjoy. We're in for a real fun ride here. In other news, one more quick story, and then I can get to leftover spaghetti. Iran got caught paying six figures of cash, like cold hard cash, like C-notes, to a U.S.-bound hitman, or excuse me, U.S.-based hitman, to have Trump's most prominent national security advisor, John Bolton, to have him assassinated. And I know John Bolton's book, The Room Where It Happened, is arguably the 
worst political book ever written by any human at any time. I know it's that bad. And I know you hate them even worse if you're part of the terrorist Iranian regime. That said, um, assassinating them seems a little harsh. Moving on to a topic that really matters, because, you know, those other things are, you know, they're just, they're just puffery. Those are just, you know, assassination of former American national security advisors and Trump pleading the fifth, blah, 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 whatever. Let's get to the important stuff. Last night, I learned one of the most valuable lessons of my life. And it's a lesson that most of us deal with, you know, once every one to three to four and a half months. Leftover spaghetti. See, before my son Isaiah left, his favorite thing to eat is spaghetti. And I make it for him special. There's no jars of ragu around here. I take this sauce seriously. He's a double Italian sausage man. Ground Italian sausage. Mild. And then the spicy, hot Italian sausage links served on top of the Italian sausage uh, meat sauce that goes over the spaghetti. But I made this shit like two weeks ago. And I made a lot of it. So there's still quite a bit of, quite a bit of leftovers. And I hadn't really eaten it since, since Isaiah left, but last night it occurred to me that I was hungry, and it also occurred to me that I didn't have any food, except for leftover spaghetti. So I was, I was really in a pickle here. It didn't sound particularly appealing anyway, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I do have a grocery delivery planned for tomorrow, so I think I'll be okay. But last night I, uh, I opened... Uh, the giant Tupperware of leftover spaghetti. And, and as soon as I opened it, it didn't smell right. Like it wasn't, it wasn't overwhelmingly pungent. But, it, but, but if you've ever had a, uh, a raw steak that's, uh, that's been in the fridge for like j- just a half day too long, like, it'll probably be fine on the grill, but if you get your nose near it, it's kind of just got uh, some sour notes <laughs> that are enthusiastically expressing themselves. Like, they're very boisterous. Although, al- although still not overwhelming, they're, uh, they're, they're, they're hard to ignore, especially, like, the human nose is just kind of uh, uh, trained. Our palate is trained to avoid things uh, that smell like this. But uh, this video, it it didn't smell the way it did when I put it in the Tupperware. Uh, That's for sure. But I also knew that I was hungry. I didn't have anything else to eat. And I felt like, well, I don't, I'm not really sure what to do here. Um, So my theory was, like, fuck, I've got to eat. I can't go to bed like this. I'll I'll go even more crazy than I am. So I'm like, I'll just, you know. Well, I got a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty high wattage of microwave, I think. Like for this little serving, eh, you know, usual, maybe a minute, maybe a minute 15. Uh, I'm like, I'll just, if there is anything going wrong with it, I'll just microwave it, you know, for an extra 45 seconds. I'll put two minutes on the clock. And thinking that that will somehow, you know, 
if there is any like bad germs, I didn't see any mold, but like if there's any bad germs, this will this will eliminate those because I'll I'll get it red hot in that high wattage microwave of a studio apartment in the projects. So uh, so I do that, and 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 as I was eating this video, I'm like, you know, it's it's okay, but this isn't um. This isn't the way Chef Boyardee, I'm referring to myself jokingly, uh, that's not the way uh, I intended it uh, to taste, certainly not the way it tasted a couple weeks ago, but I was, but I was, like, I was hungry, I'm like, I've got to eat something, otherwise I'm really not going to feel well, and I'm not going to be able to take my nighttime medication, and this is just, this is, this is going to be bad if I don't eat something. So I ate it. <laughs> and unfortunately for me, I learned about, uh, oh, oh, God, probably only about 15 minutes after I took my first bite that uh, my stomach was not happy with that decision. It was, my stomach was displeased. Somebody's body uh, was going out of business, was about to have a liquidation sale, and everything had to go. It was... Uh, uh, um, and I'm not trying to be crude. I'm not trying to be crass. I'm just trying to share an important life lesson that if you think you can, um, nuke <laughs> as, uh, growing up, like, uh, uh, the boomers used to refer to the microwave, you know, if you're going to nuke, <laughs> whether it be tuna noodle casserole <laughs> or, um, Two-week-old spaghetti. If you think you can get a nuke uh, the germs out of it, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. It didn't work for me. I'll certainly never be doing that again. Never. Never doing that again. I got a couple of minutes. I got uh, almost five of them, in fact. I got one more quick little thing for you before we go today. Fun question, fun question that uh, will segue nicely from the spaghetti story, Isaiah's favorite. Drink if you hear a crotch rocket. Do you remember your first day of seventh grade? As schools are starting to begin around the nation for, uh, for this school year, they start especially early in the South. I believe the rationale is to get the the kids uh, that are unfortunate enough to not have air conditioning to get them into some air conditioning, the real dog days of the summer, which in the South are, are certainly uh, the end of July, but God forbid all of August, all of September. And, uh, <laughs> uh, things are starting to get better by Halloween, you know, like in the South. Dog days of summer. But uh, you remember your first day of seventh grade? I was thinking back on mine. Uh, the reason I ask is it, it's it's such a uh, it's such an interesting age. Whether you're twelve, thirteen, or you know, my friend Nabil, whose book I was reading, who was probably like ten uh, between sixth and seventh grade. But it's such a uh, you really start to, uh, to to form memories and really have impressions of things as you're. Uh, pubescent body is evolving and the whole world seems fucking crazy. But today was Isaiah's first day of seventh grade. 
Do you remember what that felt like? Like, did you take the bus? Did you get dropped off? Did you, did you ride your bicycle? Maybe a skateboard? Did your friend pick you up on their bicycle and you rode on the pegs? Now, I'm old. I, I, I was born in 1975. I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. So my first day of, of seventh grade. Uh, and seventh grade for me was a big deal because uh, the elementary schools I went to, were, and I went to a, a few, were, were K through six. So there was like the first day of junior high. Isaiah, is a, he's a middle schooler, so this, this isn't uh, that big of a transition. But still, I think almost everyone remembers their first day of seventh grade. Do you remember what you wore to the first day of seventh grade? It took me a minute to figure this out, but uh, I definitely wore an outfit that, uh, that there was definitely some virtue signaling in, in part of this outfit. I believe I was wearing, uh, it was probably the last pair of shoes I or at least like uh, like sneakers or whatever the hell you want to call them, depending on your regional dialect. But like my first pair of sneakers that like or my last that were not Nikes. There's something about Pacific Northwest kids. Not everyone agrees with this, but if you grow up playing basketball like I did in Pacific Northwest, you wear Nikes just the way it is. But I had like these black. Reebok high tops that were just that were just about to just about to about to give out like the sole I think was like already falling out. And then I had like some jeans like some blue Levi's they were not acid wash but they were they were blue. I, I'm confident that either I, I'm guessing the left knee there was a hole guessing the left knee, and then I wore a rock band T-shirt, a speed metal band that that time has forgotten I believe. Uh, by the name of Overkill, and it was uh, on the back. It was uh, for, from from their Under the Influence tour, which I did not attend. But it had like uh, it had like the tour dates when that used to be a thing. And on the front, it had this uh, it had this great design. It had like a giant like a a green tinge like skull, and then like glow in the dark like giant like green like bat wings like extending like overkill. I was really bringing it, really bringing it. Holy shit! I, I was gonna tell you how like I moved to Portland and it was all weird and blah blah blah. We got to go, Fishby. I only have 15 minutes. Say adios. Back tomorrow.